Fish is an important part of the Mediterranean diet, but today I want to point out something that you probably have never heard before, that seafood is the most ancestral food that human beings have ever had. It's been a staple part of diets across different cultures and different regions for all human beings. And since most of the first human communities were coastal, fish is probably our most common ancestral food. It's a mistake calling our ancestor hunter-gatherers because they were fishermen long before they were hunters. In fact, human beings probably learned to work together as a team to hunt, not for woolly mammoths, but for whales. This has been shown in cave paintings everywhere, from Australia to Chile to Norway, where fish and waves are shown on the cave paintings and the ancient men and women celebrating that hunt. But here's the problem today. We live in a world of pollution, and people are very concerned the fish they eat might have high levels of mercury. And they're concerned that farmed fish may very well be an environmental disaster. Today, on 4Q, we're going to make sense of the madness about fish, and why I changed my mind about farm-raised fish, and why it's better than beef for poultry for your health, and how you might learn to love fish as long as it's not fishy. I am your chief medical explanationist, Dr. Terry Simpson, and this is 4Q. 4Q, where we make sense of the madness and bust a few myths and maybe learn a little bit about fish and how to cook it. It's no secret that fish consumption has been linked to tremendous health benefits from heart health to brain function. Fish are the richest sources of omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients. There's no doubt that regular fish consumption decreases heart disease. And while early attempts were made to take fish oil out of fish and put them into capsules and sell it to people, and sadly it's still being sold, there has been no evidence that those fish capsules decrease the risk of heart attacks or strokes. And in fact, fish oil in supplements increases the risk of a heart disease called atrial fibrillation, which can lead to strokes. However, eating fish does decrease your risk of heart disease, decrease your risk of atrial fibrillation, decrease your risk of congestive heart failure, and fish consumption is good for your brain. Did you know that people who consume fish have less dementia, they have less cognitive decline, and they have less issues with Parkinson's disease? A lot of epidemiologic studies have consistently shown that higher fish consumption leads to better memory. Here's another one for you. Did you know that fish farming has been around for thousands of years? Go to Hawaii. Well, I'd love to go there again. And you'll see these ancient pools that were used to gather fish, harvest fish, and even to keep them there and keep them fresh. Yep, ancient fish farming was an important way for our ancestors to keep fish fresh. Today we have freezers. Our ancestors, it turns out, were eating seafood more than any other protein. They were getting their abundance of protein and other nutrients from the sea, lakes, and rivers, as can be seen on those early cave paintings, and has been also shown from recent archaeological evidence. 
Some of the earliest use of fire in our cousins, Homo erectus, was found in the Middle East, and it was from cooking fish. Not mammals, not cows, not bison, not buffalo, but fish. Why did early man or early Homo sapiens leave Africa? It appears they followed the rivers, and it also appears they ate and cooked fish year-round. So while the earliest fish hooks are 42,000 years old for humans, it appears those shallow rivers allowed humans to use their hands to catch fish, and fish was far more abundant than game. What about the woolly mammoths? <laughs> it turns out that early human civilization was not organized to hunt, but they did scavenge. So they would allow the lions and other beasts to take those large creatures down and then grab those leftovers before the vultures did. When early man did organize to kill, they organized to fish, to build boats, to hunt whales, and it turns out they hunted whales long before we have any evidence that they hunted land animals. Our ancestors were not eating cattle. They were not eating woolly mammoths. They were eating seafoods, and they were getting their abundance of protein from the sea, lakes, or rivers. That combination of seafoods and learning to cook seafoods which we have evidence of of 780,000 years ago in the Middle East, is what led man to have a larger brain. Now, I'm not one for the bio-truth logical fallacy of if it's ancestral, it must be good, because that's just a horrible way to make a point. Here's how to make it better. Number one, fish is an important part of the diet that's been studied for over 70 years in the Mediterranean diet. Number two, fish is a key protein source. Number three, fish clearly decreases your risk of heart disease, cancer, and decreases your risk of dementia. That's pretty good information there, but where do you get your fish? And how to make it tasty? Well, it's no secret that some wild fish out there in the oceans are just overfished. How do you know that the grouper you bought came from somewhere where grouper was in abundance and can be fished sustainably versus someplace where it's been overfished? Most of the time, you're not going to know. Most of the time, you may be fooled, unless you know the providence of that fish, and we're going to tell you how. But just like fish, do you know where your beef came from? Have you visited the farm where your beef came from? Have you ensured that the pasture-raised farm is doing sustainable practices, and that they're actually making it pasture-raised when it's really in a feedlot? Or that that beef that's labeled as coming from the United States but really isn't? That's a problem. And there are lots of problems in that beef community. And I love beef. But beef, cattle, feeding plants are an environmental disaster. And what's even worse are the feeding plants for pork and the poultry. Some would say, let's just be vegetarian. Okay, but let me state this simply. There is no more nutrient-dense food than fish. None. Not that there's anything wrong with vegetable proteins. We love legumes. But today... We're going to talk about how we love fish. Let's go back to fish farms. I was born and raised in Ketchikan, Alaska, the salmon capital of the world. I am a wild salmon snob. But I changed my mind about fish farms because aquaculture, or the farming of fish, has undergone significant advancement in the last 15 years that's led to improvements not only in sustainability and efficiency, but product quality. Now, fish farms did have significant problems in the past. 
but the new environmental management strategies and the change in fish foods has led to a better quality product. And let's be clear, 90% of the salmon sold in the continental United States is farmed, not wild. And you can buy farm-raised seafood that adheres to the highest standards of wild salmon. But as with beef, you need to know where your seafood is coming from, be it wild or farmed. Let me give you an example. Did you know that the color in farm-raised salmon is from the fish pellets they eat? Wild salmon get that pink color from eating crustaceans. And crustaceans, things like crabs and lobster and shrimp, are pink because of a chemical called astroxanthin. In farm-raised fish, they put astroxanthin in the fish food. But it's the same astroxanthin that salmon eat when they eat krill. There's this great Seattle restaurant where ivory salmon is a featured menu item. And that salmon is ivory because it didn't feed on crustaceans. And that ivory or gray color is the normal color of salmon. By the way, there is nothing wrong with astroxanthin. Astroxanthin is sold as a supplement because it has tremendous antioxidant potential. But don't buy the supplement. Buy the fish. Putting astroxanthin in the feed of fish that you eat is actually good for you. Now we all know about the environmental disasters of beef, pork, and poultry production. There are some environmental disasters with fish farms. They were worried about fish escaping and mingling with native fish stock, and that's happened, but it hasn't been an issue. They were worried about fish lice. By the way, these don't affect humans, and they're easily eliminated. Farmed fish get these fish lice from wild fish. And they were worried about antibiotics, and antibiotics in fish farming is now much like the use of antibiotics in the cattle industry. Antibiotics use has changed to where antibiotics are only used when fish have disease. And those fish aren't sold or harvested until the disease is over and the antibiotics have cleared the fish system. The same way we do responsible cattle and poultry antibiotic use. What about the crowded pins of fish farms leading to lots of fish poop? I have two things to say about that. Number one, have you ever seen a fish run in Alaska? There's a lot of fish poop out there, but it doesn't stop us from eating those fish. Sustainable aquaculture practices have prioritized that environmental stewardship in part because of environmental and government groups that both persuaded and legislated fish farms to change their practice. Let me give you one example. Underneath a lot of those farmed fish salmon pins are bivalves or mollusk oysters clams. Do you know what they do? They provide a biofiltration. Basically, as the salmon kind of poops down the water, the oysters or clams bivalves filter that and make food of it. That's how it works in Mother Nature, by the way, and that's how it works on these farms. Now, how do you know where to buy your fish, be it wild fish or farm fish? Well, there's a number of organizations that have worked with an organization called the Monterey Bay Aquarium, which is a group of oceanographers that care deeply about our oceans and the sustainability of fish. And if you're interested, you can find more about them on seafoodwatch.org. But here are some organizations that have really good sustainable fish that are caught if they're in the wild in a manner that allows the fish not to be fished out. And if they are farmed, they're farmed in an environmentally protective way. These include companies like Blue Apron, Cheesecake Factory, Whole Foods, Pacific Catch, Community Markets, Mars Pet Care, Compass Group, California Fish and Grill, Blue Sushi and Sake Grill, Plank Seafood Provisions, Costco, 
Mom's Organic Market, and others. Here in Ventura, maybe where you live, we have something called fishmongers where you can go, and these people do nothing but sell fish. Here in Ventura, they often will sell the fish that was caught right out in Ventura Bay. Let me give you another example, tuna. If you get canned tuna that's been caught in the Mediterranean, ironically enough, it has higher levels of mercury than other places. If you buy tuna that's been caught in the Pacific Northwest, or tuna that's caught on pole and line, it has low to undetectable levels of mercury. So the tuna I get, the one that I buy from my family, I know where it comes from. And even though I pay a little more for that tuna, I don't mind because it's delicious and it's for the health and safety of my family. I do tire of the carnivores telling me that beef has the most bioavailable of nutrients because here's a few simple facts. Salmon is richer in essential amino acids, the kind of amino acids you don't make, but you need from your diet, than beef. Salmon is more vitamin D and more vitamin C, which, by the way, beef completely lacks. And it has six times the levels of vitamin A and vitamin E. Salmon is more potassium, magnesium, and phosphorus. Salmon has 10 times the amount of omega-3 fatty acids as beef. And while beef has been associated with heart disease, cancer, and increasing risk of dementia, fish is just the opposite. Fish has been associated with a decreased risk of heart disease, a decreased risk of cancer, and a decreased risk of brain problems. Fish is a better source of protein all around than beef. What about buying fish? So here's a little simple 101. Fish shouldn't smell fishy. When you buy fish from places like Costco, Whole Foods, your grocery store, Kroger's, it shouldn't smell like fish. When I open my fish that I get from Blue Apron, it doesn't smell fishy. If it does, don't cook with it, don't buy it. Don't bother with fish that smells fishy. It should smell like the ocean or maybe like watermelon. So buy fish from a good source, put your nose over it and cook it. And by the way, canned salmon is delicious. There's a lot of easy ways to cook fish and bake them. And you can find some of my favorite recipes on drterrysimpson.com. In fact, I'm making salmon cakes for dinner and you're invited. There are a lot of people who just don't like fish and I probably don't blame you. Because many times you will be served fish that is of poor quality, fish that's old and fishy, or people that don't know how to cook fish. And that's a problem. Follow me, and I'll show you how to cook fish. Oh, by the way, we have a new course about the Mediterranean diet. You know, while you can find my mini course on the TikTok channel where I am at Dr. Terry Simpson, there's a larger course with lots of recipes, menu plans, and streaming videos on drdrterrysimpson.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast was written and researched by me, Dr. Terry Simpson. And while I am a doctor, I am not your doctor. If you make changes to your diet, please consult with a real doctor, Western trained, not a chiropractor, not a naturopath, or a registered dietitian. Our good friends at Simpler Media did all the audio work and distribution. Thanks to Ali Press and the pod god, Mr. Evo Terra. Have a good week, everybody. Hey, Evo, tonight I'm making salmon patties. I recall making quite a few salmon patties for you and yours when you were when I was around in Phoenix. When you come, looking forward to making some more. I'm just excited that farm-raised fish is no longer bad for you. Ooh.